Welcome to the Mindful Runner Podcast, a show about running and racing, trail and ultra in South Africa. Along the way, we'll be talking training, gear, nutrition, and mindfulness, all in the context of the South African racing scene. I'm your host, Fred Richardson, founder and head coach at Mindful Runner. Stay tuned as I do my best to give you all the information and none of the waffle. So I'm here talking with uh, Rihanna Henning, Justin Olufsen, and Maurice van Rensburg, and they're three of five people who completed the AMAC Challenge in 2021. Now, AMAC is four South African 100-mile ultra trail races, finished off in one calendar year. And four by 100 miles is 640 kilometers minimum. So, I mean, the most obvious question is that just sounds insane. So let's put this out to you guys. Why? Why did you sign up for this challenge? Marius, you may go first. Um, I got inspired by Renee Fulcroft, as I think most of us did in uh, 2019 when, when she did it. I didn't even know about the MOOC. I didn't even know it was a, a challenge. And yes, it seemed like an epic challenge. And I wanted to find out, will I be able to do it? Um, I think the, fur- the furthest I did at that stage was 100 kilometers, uh, which was Sky Run. And um, I started playing around with the idea of running 100 miles, which obviously seems impossible. Um, yeah, but everything just, everything's impossible until someone does it. Uh, the four minute mile, the, uh, I don't know, the stuff at Courtney is doing at the moment uh, on the international level, all those things. And I thought, okay, well, um, let me see what I can do. Can I run 100 miles? And once I did the 100 miles, uh, which was popular last year, I thought, okay, well, let me fall into this four times 100 mile race and see if I can do it and, you know, see if if I can push my body and, and my mind to get to that level. And um, see if it kills me. Uh, our friend Bills always says, you know, it, it takes more to kill you than you think. And it, it's so true. So, yeah, I guess that's the reason why I did it. It's interesting because I think all three of you are relative newcomers to 100-mile racing, right? You've done one t- before you started a muck. Rihanna, you've done two, am I right? Yeah, I did, I did Carcliff, and then I had an attempt at Addo the year that it was so extremely hot, um, and I got to 100 kilometers, and I was totally fed up with it. So, so I had one, one completed and one attempt. And then your very next race in Amak is Addo again, and you'd had this experience of having to pull out of it. How did that make you feel going into the, the start of this next one? Um, I think for me, I really needed to complete that one. I think I was, in a sense, it prepared me. I knew um, at least 100 kilometers of of the 160 kilometers. And um, so it was really important for me to finish it. So I think my my mind and my body at that stage was quite strong. And, um, you know, I had good company um, during the the Addo during the night with um, Carsten Palmer, which was really a great experience. And I never thought that I would get 
to the you know at at um, um, Valley of the Tears um, like at nine o'clock in the morning. I thought I will hit it in the afternoon. So for me, Ada was was just the perfect race. So yeah, you know, that was that was a good one for me. You, Justin, what, what's your motivation for having taken this challenge on? Um, Fred, I think one of the, the big motivations to go back to 100-mile running was after my first uh, car cliff experience, which d- didn't exactly go to plan. I think I was a complete newbie to, to ultra running, in fact. I went in underprepared, and I got an absolute hiding in that race. Um, and then afterwards, I just decided, you know, um, this can't be 100-mile running is all about and I think that's where my path with with you at Mindful Runner um, where we sort of crossed and and that's where where the the starting off with Mindful Runner sort of motivated me to become a better runner and then I started looking for things that could challenge me and uh, yeah I think coming from a sporting background I think the the allure of what the amok was all about and the challenge in itself was something that I thought you know what I need to give this a go um, I've got to test myself and see if this ultra running is something that I'd, I'd like to do. And uh, yeah, after each race, it was just uh, such an enjoyment and and a, a real celebration of of coming back from 2019 at Cockliffe and, and just proving to myself that, you know, this can be done. So I had to take on the Amok Challenge um, to prove a point to myself because I knew I would be racing against myself primarily as my goal. And uh, yeah, that was my motivation to get stuck in there. Yeah, your your times between 2019 on Carcliffe and this last one, 2021, was it was almost a 10-hour difference, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a significant difference. And I think for me, that uh, is definitely one of the highlights of the MOOC. Um, I think I went back to Carcliffe with a, with a clear target and I said to myself, you know what, you've got a bit of a score to settle here. Um, and being more prepared, I got a far better experience of what Carcliffe 100 Miler is all about. Uh, and what a great race it is. And, uh, yeah, no, I was just really pleased um, with a good result uh, at Carcliffe. And then, obviously, yeah, to knock about 10 hours of your time, I mean, that was that was fantastic. Yeah. Rihanna, you've, you've told us what your favorite race was, right? You, you're on record as saying Addo is your, your favorite of the four. Um, Marius, what was your favorite of the four? Um. I was telling someone yesterday that it's like picking your least and most favorite child. I think the three, Ariana and Justin would also agree that there's, there's so many good experience during a single race and obviously those, those deep holes as well that you eat. So it's so difficult um, to say, but I think Mac Mac, I had a, an amazing run at, at Magnet. It, it, it's uh, one of my favorite areas in South Africa. Um, my mom took me there as a child to, to go and hike in Umalanga. And um, I just go there on holidays and, and, and scout. So just getting there to um, Pilgrim's Rest for, for the start, that was already, I just felt, listen, this race is going to be an amazing uh, an amazing race and um yeah we had a good run and i got to run with you as well fred um for a while and uh, always get to run some sections with justin and well 
you know, the, the bus always comes off at a stage as well, sadly, which which happened. And uh, Justin, had a, Justin and I had a quick chat there, like, hey, man, how's going? I said to him, I'm eating a bit of a slump. And he continued on his merry way. And um, I couldn't catch him again. So I missed the last few hours with him. But it was it was just one of those races that uh, the mist and running at night and making new friends. I got to run at Reese Forster for a long section of, of the evening. Uh, it, it was magical. Yeah. Favorite moments. Rihanna, what was your favorite moment from the whole experience through all four events? I, I think collectively um, that really stands out for me um, is, is the people. I think the support. I think... Maybe what comes up um, in my mind is um, I had a very, very tough Mac Mac. Um, I started, um, my body seized up <laughs> at already 80 kilometers. So I was in, in severe pain. And there was this angel standing at, at um, Hraskop um, 8 station, Otter. Um, lots of people know him, this absolute giant angel of a, of a man. And um, just just having people on you know on the different races people at standing at at aid stations um people alongside the road for me you mean the, the support of people I, I agree with marius i think i don't think for me there's one specific moment or one specific race that that is just um totally totally my favorite um i would say the people definitely yeah yeah, it is the community, isn't it? Justin, anything that stands out for you as a favorite moment? Uh, Fred, right? At, uh, I'm going to go back to the first 100 mile at Addo. Um, you know, my last 20 kilometers at Addo were, I think that's where the belief that I could run these things a little bit better than what I thought, that sort of really started. Um, I had a really good good finish at Addo. Um, I think that's what helped me get under the target that I'd set of 28 hours with you. And it was just such a strong finish. And, you know, being able to run through the pain and to push your body a little bit harder when you'd already done 140 odd Ks, um, it was just that that moment that just started off the journey on the right foot. So I think the last 20 kilometers for me at, at Addo definitely stood out from a from a running perspective. I think that was that was by far my favorite moments in, in this whole um, Amok series. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's where all the self-belief really started. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we've got this expression, if you're feeling good during an ultra, just wait, it'll go away. Darkest moments, guys. What was your darkest moment? Rihanna, you've had some dark ones. <laughs> yeah, we can write a whole book. We can, I can keep you busy for a very long time. Um, a dark moment for me was when, my brand new um, Phoenix X 6X um, died at Mac Mac. Um, and I had a power bank, everything was ready, and I plugged it in and it just didn't want to go on. And at that moment, I was in a group of men, um, Toby Reinecke, um, Dalu, um, Peter Kudaika, I think of the 200 miler. We, we were just this nice, big group of men I was the only lady and I thought yeah I've got my group I've got my pack and we was we were there right at the 
before you go down into the fairy forest. And the sweepers were there at that moment because we were the last group. And um, I said, I want to go. And they said, no, you can't go. You you don't have a GPS um, and you have to wait for us. And I was cold. I was sped up. And as we went down, they said to me, are you okay? And I said, no, of course I'm not okay. My GPS is dead. My back just left me. I am not okay. And I remember it started pouring, pouring, pouring. And as you go down, there's this bridge that you use just this wooden bridge that you have to cross. And in, in normal circumstances, it's easy to just run over it. I'm sure you you two, Marius and Justin, ran over it. And I had to go down on my hands and knees. I literally crawled over that bridge. I crawled over it. And I remember lying down at moments there, um, that I talked to Mother Earth and said, I need strength. I need, I need help. So it was for me, although it was a very dark moment, it was also very spiritual. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting a bit of a reputation as the, the Iron Lady of South African Ultra. You're able to just keep on going when most people would have quit. Well, I run so slow, so at least something <laughs> must be strong. <laughs> Justin... Dark moment for you? Um, I think I think you know where I'm going with this one, Fred. But I think, uh, yeah, my navigation error at, at MacMac for me, um, I think I wouldn't look at it as being a dark moment. I'd say a disappointing moment from my side. Um, I thought I was really running so well at that stage. And it was just being the perfect race. And then, yeah, it was just, it was a combination of factors. And, and things just went wrong. Um for at that point, and I got lost. I did extra kilometers. It cost me time. It was just that moment where I actually just sat down on a rock and said to myself, you know what? You're in that moment. Um, you've hit it. You need to get up and you need to go over it and you, you need to move on from it. So what was a dark moment, I think, turned out to be a lesson. Um, and then, uh, yeah, still to just pick yourself up from that and, and move on from that dark place was also quite cool. But uh, yeah, it was definitely that that navigation error on on Mac Mac that uh, broke the spirit a little bit. Um, but hey, that's uh, that's that's part of life. Sometimes things don't go according to plan. I just want to say, add to that that uh, that's actually where you proved to me that you are an outstanding runner because you've had a couple of amazing runs and everything went right. And that was the first time that something went wrong during one of the races and the way you came back there wasn't bad. That was absolutely amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Not once, but twice, eh? Yeah, twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, uh, no, thanks, Marius. I think, um, just to add to that, um, Fred, I think, you know, we gain inspiration from each and every one of us. I think, um, gained inspiration from, from one another. I mean, when I saw Marius on Addo, uh, with the blisters on his feet. And I thought, this is going to be very difficult, um, you know, sort of to get through. Um, and he just, he kept soldiering on. And, and when he got over the finish line, just showing that you can also push and you can also go, you can get over the line no matter what. And, um, yeah, I think that's the moment where I took some inspiration from Marius as well. And then I think for Rihanna through this entire series, I mean, yes, Rihanna's been in, in situations there that, that we haven't been in and she's got over the line and just her absolute fighting spirit that she showed. Um, 
and getting over the line with so much gratitude and just being so grateful for what she can do. You know, you take those little moments into with you into each run. And, you know, at times you run kilometers for each other because you know that everybody's in the same boat together. So um yeah, the three of us, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a, an amazing journey together as well. And uh yeah, I, thanks for the inspiration that everyone's uh, parted my way. It's it hasn't gone unfelt at all. One day, one day I also want to race a hundred miler. Um one day. <laughs> I want to race it. I want to run it. <laughs> the, the one thing, people who don't live in South Africa, kind of, they imagine we're always seeing wild animals in the streets. And um, we know that that's not true, except that both Morris and Rihanna, you've both had some pretty hectic wildlife experiences out on the trail, haven't you? Morris, you want to tell us yours first? Yeah, it was at Addo. Uh, the first 100 miler, and, and with all the trail races that I've done um, before Addo, I've never really encountered anything. You may see the odd giraffe or uh, a, a buck or something somewhere, but at Addo, uh, during night time running, uh, I heard some weird noises ahead of me, and well, obviously you have to keep on going forward. You can't just... Uh, you know, imagine it's Halloween or Friday the 13th and run the other way. So I soldiered on and uh, for some reason I had the presence of mind to, to take out my cell phone and start recording it as well. <laughs> I walked around the, the corner and um, you must imagine it, it was the funniest sounds. I think uh, who's the organizer, um, Sean from, from Addo, I think he actually posted it on the, the website on the on Facebook as well, where uh, five jackals killed a baby kudu, and the kill was so fresh, uh, the kudu was still breathing when I passed, and and um, the jackals thought I was stealing the kill, so they they charged me, and I, I, I actually looked at the video the other day, and yeah, I was just like, shoo, no, shoo. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty wild. <laughs> Rihanna, I think yours may have been the scariest moment. It, yeah, because so so this fairy forest of Mac Mac definitely has a reputation. So um, we are going down that really very technical path and um, with, um, with my two sweepers and I, I smell something and I know Liesl Koch She's, she's really good with um, nature. And she told us that the smell of a leopard. And I said to the two sweepers, I am sure he's a leopard. And as we look up, we see these two gleaming eyes. And so <laughs> we are like wow. also making noise. And um, Neil Stunder, he was at the back. I said, okay, guys, I'm not afraid, but I'm definitely in the middle of the two of you now. <laughs> and he looked back. And the leopard was actually sitting right in the path. And um, when we got back to the to Maritzbos, the aid station, we we said to the medics, "Now we've seen we've seen a leopard." And um, quite a funny story. And said, "Oh, John Carter, another runner. He said he also saw the leopard. It was also in the path." He jumped into the tree and he was extremely scared to, to run underneath the tree. And they thought he was hallucinating. 
So it must not be a hallucination. It's definitely true if three other people also saw the leopard. Yeah. So yeah, that was quite something. Yeah, wow. Justin, you 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 haven't had can you match the leopard? Uh, I think I probably would have just, it either would have motivated me just to run a little bit faster, I guess. Um, yeah, but that's a, that's a scary story. But Mac Mac is so wild when you're out there at night. Eh? It's just, it's a, it's quite an experience running at Mac Mac at night. Um, as Marius said, um, it's, it's really, there's so many eyes around there and you feel like you're constantly being watched. Um, so, yeah, but it, it's a, it's a lot of fun running in nature like we like we are, and we're privileged to be able to do it on these routes. Yeah, we certainly are. So night running, I mean, we all we all love to run at night up to a point, right? And obviously, everybody who hasn't been through this, the most common question we get is, how do you deal with a lack of sleep? Justin, you're up. How do you do it? I think it's just, uh, I think you get used to it, um, Fred. I think it's something where you, your mind goes into a shift when you wake up the morning before that ultra um, and you sort of get to the point where you accept to yourself, listen, I'm going to be running at night now. Um, and if your mindset is in the right place, I think you can just get going at night and you take it from there. So your, your day starts basically from when the, when the race continues. Um, I think that's the mindset side of it. Um, I also think, you know, getting your caffeine in at the right times um, as well. Is also very important in making sure that your nutrition is on point because if you're not feeling yourself enough at night um, and you're not hydrating enough, um, then you can sometimes feel that the tiredness is going to set in. So I think you know attention to things like hydration overnight is also very important because obviously cooler overnight and sometimes people think you don't have to drink and feel as much, but you 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 have to keep yourself on point there. Um, and I think it's good if you I mean running with a good headlamp is obviously a, a, the ideal thing to have. Um, and then just learning certain techniques like like carry a torch with you if the mist sets in so you know it doesn't impact your sight as much um, and small little tricks like that that you learn along the way. Um, but yeah, the nighttime running itself, um, I actually enjoy it and I think you need to embrace it and accept that that's, that's part of, of most ultras. You're going to be spending time in the dark. Rihanna, I think you're probably the queen of spending time in the dark amongst the, the three, four guys here. What advice have you got for people? I, I have to be honest, I haven't figured it out. I think it, it has definitely had an impact on my running. Um, um, Mac Mac, because, I mean, I, you spent, I was over 44 hours, both UTD and Mac Mac. I was out there. Um, and for me, I, I do not hallucinate, uh, which I'm really grateful for. Um, I, I stay um, quite intact in terms of reality, but I do get extremely tired and I haven't really figured it out. Um, so that's something that I need to sort out. And it's interesting, Justin, what you say in terms of nutrition. I do think that that's definitely related. Yeah, so I do take, um, I do also take medicinal mushrooms which sometimes help sometimes not um, there are really nice medicinal mushrooms out there things like cordyceps and lion's mane which, which really work well and then a good old just pure pure caffeine would would i think at this stage of what i have been using i would say that it's the best and that's also thanks to Tobi reineke you know running with him 
from time to time um, on these um, races. Um, I get a lot of good advice from him and he he really helped me with Scarcloof. If he gave me three caffeine pills, <laughs> it really pulled me through. So I have I have lots of people. Um, I definitely did not do this on my own. There's lots of uh, amazing people out there supporting and helping me. So yeah, he helped me this time around at Scarcloof Run. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a legend in the in the community in South Africa, guys. So none of you are professional athletes. You've all got lives. You, we've got an OT, a bioenergetist, an IT consultant. You have busy lives going on around you, and you've managed to fit in the training for these events. I think possibly, Marius, you may have had the most challenges leading up to Cockluff. You want to run us through the sequence of events of. You between Mac Mac and Kakla for you? Yeah, it was probably one of one of the most difficult uh, times. They well, when you decide to to go for a MOOC, you you prep yourself. Okay, well you're going to run 400 miles. It's going to be tough. You're going to go through amazing times and difficult times. But um, then the four months in between Mac Mac, which was the, as I said earlier, the most amazing race, and Carcliffe, which is then at the end of September, um, no one really preps you for that. You think, like, well, you know, you're just going to train and obviously train a bit harder and work on speed as we did, Fred. Um, but I think that only happened for maybe three weeks or four weeks, and then disaster struck. I um, I went up for training run at with Ilza and Rihanna in Sofansburgs, and then uh, I said to them, listen, something doesn't feel right with my body. <laughs> and, well, you know, I thought, well, I'm an ultra runner. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, soldiering on through this training run and completed it with them. And when I got home that night, all of a sudden felt like someone uh, shot me in the lower back. And I've got a chronic condition as well. Um, which people of my inner circles and so on know of with my stomach. So I I was very good about with, with staying away from people with COVID and, and all those things. So I didn't want to go to hospital. And once again, you get that ultra runner or man mentality saying, well, I'm not going to the hospital. And um, yeah, I struggled with that pain for two days. Eventually it was uh, kidney stones and... I went to the hospital, checked myself into the ER room and so on. And um, yeah, they had to remove the, the, the kidney stones. And somewhere in that process, I got COVID. Now, now you're starting to wonder, you know, will you be able to run again? You've got difficulty breathing. Oh, there's just so many unknowns because no one, you know, they're still busy with the studies of how COVID recovery, up. especially, yeah. Recovery and yeah, you and I and uh, you and Reese Foster and myself and Reese Foster, we we all worked closely together. Uh, once I was able to start running again, but I think it was so. I think this happened on the seventeenth of July. Yes, I was I was actually on my way to my dad's birthday, and uh, I, I didn't feel good. So so I said to him, "Listen, I'm not coming over again," and. I probably started a bit too early with um, with training again, but 
I mean, you, you've got Calcliffe coming up. You've, you've run three quarters of a MOOC already. You have to, even if you walk it, that, it was something that I had to finish. So we did start prepping slowly and, and checking heart rates and, well, everything that we could. And um, all the rest is history, I guess. I finished the race. I think, uh, I I think, think the piece you left out, Marius. Sorry, I'm going to chip in. The Sorry. piece you left out was the fact that the, one of the antibiotics they'd used on you also has the side effect of tendon ruptures over yes. the space of the next six months. Yeah, so we had a bit of a tendon scare as well, right? That as well, yeah. So I think in the month and a half going into Parkloof, I did not do a lot of running. We went for training camp to uh, Drakensbergs at the in when was it? Beginning of September, mm-hmm. two weeks, yeah, two weeks before Parkloof, and we did fifty kilometers, and that was the furthest I've run um, in prep for Parkloof since Macmac. And I think two weeks going into Cartliff, I maybe ran 10 kilometers because yeah. I just had this Achilles tendon pain the whole time. And um, our, our friend Ilza came up with this idea that I should run with heel raises. <laughs> and I got it. <laughs> I got it from the bong at the Solomon shop. Uh, what? Two days before the race, Rihanna left the package there for me. Ilza left the package there for me. And it was a, I went into the race. That was the first time I, I ran with heel raises. And, um, well, the, the Achilles was still sore for the first 50 kilometers or so, I think. The 100 mile of problem solving then doesn't happen only during the event. It also happens in between the events. You've got to problem solve your way through training and, and keeping going. And, and that was the most difficult thing for you was just trying to maintain some level of fitness while you struggle through those things. It's not the easiest thing to do. Here's the big question. Would you do it again? Rihanna? Well, um, I said to Andrew, a MOOC is, which I cannot say out loud, um, and then and then you, then you rest and you really um, reflect on, on your journey and what you do. Um, at the moment, I'm not sure. I think what I definitely will do is to keep running and maybe a nice challenge will be to see, you know, how many hundred milers can one do? Um, for me, running hundred milers, there's definitely something to it. I think it, it um, gets into your blood. It gets into your psyche. It gets into your being. Um, and I think, when when you do something like an Amuk challenge, um, because it is very dimensional to me in terms of the challenge, it, it is um, the challenge is on different levels, and I think that intrigues me and that um, makes me as a human tick and why I would like to just continue running. Um, but I'm not doing it next year, definitely. That's a no-no. <laughs> I know some other people have got very amazing, um, in, uh, you know, challenges that they want to continue with me. But for me, uh-uh, I'm not doing it next year. <laughs> Done for now. Okay, or the good. year after that. <laughs> Marius? Fred, yeah, it's like Rihanna says. I think once you've done a 100 miler, it just, you get to do it. 
I love the experience. Um, I love the friends that I've made. Those dark holes that that you that you tend to dig yourself into. And funny enough, Fred, you and Rihanna were both part of that deepest, darkest hole and uh, the checkpoint. And um, Rihanna passing me at the next aid station. Um, and running with Rihanna, and I caught up with her. At, this was at UTD. Um, catching up with her, I think, around about 90 kilometers. And then we decided to mission together. I think we definitely formed a bond there to yeah, to, to run 100 miles. I'll do a MOOC again. Do you think I should say when? Are we hearing it first yet now, Maurice? Are you going to commit yes. to this right now? Yeah, I'm going to attempt it again next year. And, um, nice. you know, it's, it's for myself. It's for the bonds that I've made with friends to, uh, you know, make new bonds, to enhance other bonds, to work further with you, Fred, to maybe, maybe I see Justin, I'll see Justin there. Uh, I'll pace for you know, if you want me to, eh? Perfect, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did so, we, we did run together so well, uh, you know, when I was fit and I could kind of keep up with you in the first sections of the race, so it would be amazing. Yeah, there were so many lessons that I've learned during each one of these 100 milers. And I think there's so many more that I can learn. And I would, you know, we're not getting any, any younger, so might as well go for it while I can still run. Yeah, I hear you there. Um, <laughs> Justin, what about you? Next year? Fred, I'm not running a book next year. Um, <laughs> I think what I'd actually like to do, I think I'm still quite fresh in my running career at the moment. I think there'll be time for that later to maybe go back and better my times or somebody beats the times that I've run. Or I mean, the way that the ultra running is going in South Africa, there's so many good runners out there that my times will definitely be, be knocked off. And then that might be something to, for me to go and chase again a little bit later on. Um, I'd actually like to take on each 100 miler independently first um, in a year and really just go and go all out for those for those 100 milers. And then, yeah, I'd still like to race a 100K race. I haven't been down that road yet. So I'd like to go and do, you know, it's a, a couple of other races as well. But I will definitely do a MOOC again. When I'll do it, that depends on where the running journey takes us and a few of the decisions made with with mindful runner, I suppose. Yeah, so actually, that's a, you raise an interesting point. What is the other than a hundred miles? What's the longest other run distance you've run? Um, sixty six k's. I think I did that in twenty nineteen. I think. I think okay, I so did it with yeah. Lola and I ran the um, the UTD sixty six. I think or the sixty two right, Giants yeah. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you went from sixty odd to one hundred and sixty, just one step. Okay. Yeah, I've missed I've missed some things there. So I'd like to catch up on those, I think, before I go and take on their book again. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so you guys have got the experience now. Marius, what advice have you got for anybody coming into this now, looking to do a muck next year or the year after? How would you advise them? <laughs> well, Justin mentioned it earlier. Foot care. It is so important. Before I ran Addo, I, I've never had a blister the size of a mustard seed. And then I got to Addo, and it was actually quite early in the race, Justin. I think it was maybe, what, what 
50, 60 kilometers. All of a sudden, this, this blister started uh, or hotspot started and I tried to attend to it and this thing just grew and grew and grew. And well, obviously inexperience from my side, I had no uh, real blister care with me. I just this makeshift thing, but I didn't even have a needle on me. So I, eventually I used my, my race numbers uh, safety pin just to pop, just to pop the, the uh, blister. Yeah. Definitely foot care, you can, still, you can still bounce back from malnutrition during a race. But I think once, you've, once your feet are stuffed, it becomes so much more difficult to actually finish a race. Yeah. Secondly is uh, also nutrition. So with that uh, chronic uh, condition that I do have, I, I struggle to, to take in the proper nutrition from, from food that I get in. And there's very limited things that I, that I can eat or drink during a race. So um, I hardly ever take anything from aid stations. Um, so, yeah, sort out your, your nutrition before the time. And hope it works, and have a have a backup for the, for it as well, and then um, also have a backup. So have backup batteries, have a backup headlight, and have backup navigation system if you want to attempt these things, because those things tend to fail, as Rihanna said earlier. Uh, your headlamp, it might not just be your batteries that fail; it might be your headlamp that actually breaks and a night out in the in the wilderness can become really long if you if you get to technical sections and there's and you have to go by by the moonlight or if, if yeah. it's cloudy you can't see anything at all. Justin, what advice have you got? Greg, I think very important is I think that some some advice that I'd firstly give to somebody is you the athlete you're gonna run the book. But there's people in this process that are invested in what you are doing. So having a clear understanding with family and friends regarding the task that you have at hand is very, very important because they are your support base through this. Um, they're going to make it easier for you if you need to say, sorry, I can't you know, have a beer with you guys tonight. I've got a big running session tomorrow. Um, and get that team to understand the task that you are doing. It's going to make it a lot easier for you. Um, and having a clear communication channel with your coach throughout the whole process is extremely important. Um, so, yeah, getting a good balance between your family life, your work life and stuff like that is very, very important. And then your, your nutrition, as Marius mentioned, is extremely important. I feel it's a game changer. And I've touched on this before, and I've, I've always said that a MOOC becomes your lifestyle for the year. So commit to the fact that a MOOC is your lifestyle for that year that you're running it. Um, you're going to have to make lifestyle changes. So get that into your mind um, from the start. And then, um, yeah, the hard work starts during your training sessions. That's when the magic happens. So put all your efforts and your focus into the training. Then don't look too far ahead. Um, focus on each race independently first um, and focus all your training in on that race. Evaluate yourself after that race, do a consolidation week and then move on to the next one. Um, and then, yeah, just be brave and set targets for yourself that are going to challenge you 
Um, and uh, yeah, you've got to have that element of grit. So if it's raining outside, put on a rain jacket and go and hit that training session. Yeah, good advice. Rihanna, what have you got to add for the advice you'd give to any newbie coming into this going, right, I'm going to take on a mic now. What would you tell them? Um, listen to your coach. Um, they, your coach knows um, how to get you to the start line, starting line, and believe in yourself. Um, if you if you have a good base and you have um, good experience, don't think you should, um, you know, just decide. Oh, this this looks nice, and let me try it. Because I think um, it is it is a commitment. Um, and then look at your calendar. Make sure that that like Justin is saying, that it, it will become your lifestyle. You have to be prepared to give up a lot. There's a lot of training going um, that's involved in training for for something like a book. Um, and believe in yourself. Um, if, if, that's, if that is what you would like to do, do the training and believe in yourself. Yeah, two words there. Guys, thank you so much for spending the time with me. I think there's a lot of good stuff that's come out of this. There's a lot of wisdom that people can take away in their own preparations, not just for a mop, but for a hundred mile in general. Thank you very much. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to know more about Mindful Runner, check us out at mindfulrunner.co.za. On Instagram, you can find us at Mindful Runner. In the meantime, enjoy your running, happy trails, and don't forget to subscribe.